Word broadcast with Bishop Chris Quinston Addo, a son of the prophet Dakiwood Mills. Teaching the nations with signs, wonders, and prophetic manifestations, he's currently the senior pastor of the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Kaswa Nyanukokraba. Now on today's message. And Jesus will show them how to pray. They ask questions about the Holy Spirit, and Jesus will show them. So I feel God wants us once a while to meet like this and then go into questions and answers. Wherever I have been, by the grace of God, as a pastor, there have been something like that that the Lord has been leading me once a while to do. So today, I want us to start something like this in our church or in our council, where maybe once a month, if God will give us life, we will meet and then have a question and answers time. And going forward, I'll be telling you different things would be, we should come and ask. So like, let's say if I say the next time we are talking about marriage, then you come with marital questions. If I say we are talking about church, you come to church questions. If I say we are talking about church and business. Is it so different things that we'll be talking about today? The first half of it, which is up to like 820, I want us to do General, and then for the last 20 minutes, I will show you something specific I want us to narrow to. Is it okay? So if you want to ask a question, you just lift your hand, and then one of our brothers will bring your microphone, and then you ask confidently. But I want to read a scripture in Second Timothy chapter two, I think verse 23, and this is an advice to all of us. You know. It says, Second Timothy 2.23 During Paul's time, Paul would always allow questions to be asked. But he said about foolish and unlearned questions, avoid. So some of you, I need to prompt you that if your question is foolish, I'll tell you this one is foolish. Am I reading the Bible? Yes. Uh, so if, if you come and ask me something like, Bishop So... Bible says that Abel killed King, or Cain killed Abel. Bishop, I'm not too sure which one is the. So okay, Cain killed Abel. Okay, so when Cain killed Abel, so what happened? Who married Abel? And where was the person? I mean, those kind of questions we all don't know. Do you understand? I will try not to answer questions that is not based on Scripture, because almost everything that I'll try with the help of the Holy Spirit to answer should have scriptural basis. So that the question is is what? Foolish. I'm not hearing you. Is what? It's foolish. And what? Unlearned. So let's God help you to ask proper questions. You know? And uh, one day, 
Somebody came to somebody came to King Solomon, and that was a queen. In Second Chronicles chapter nine, verse one and two, Bible says that, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, hmm? so I'm sure going forward, some people will start to say, "Oh, okay, it's a very nice thing that you guys are doing." So when they heard of the fame of Solomon, or heard of the fame of Bishop Chris, in terms of answering questions, she came to prove Solomon. With hard questions at Jerusalem. So I'm sure some of you may come with hard questions, come and see whether I am a man of the doctrine or what. And when I pick such things, in answering you, you may look like I'm insulting you. I know what I'm talking about. There have been times in Uganda, I gave an opportunity, people asking nice questions, and a young brother who is dead now would ask stupid, challenging questions to prove that he knows things. Are you understanding that? So that was what Queen Sheba came to do. He came to prove Solomon. It wasn't like he was coming to learn something that would help her. But she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem. With a very great company. Came with a lot of people to come and see whether what she's saying is not true. That she'll prove to someone that she's not that he's not that wise. Came with camels, that bought spices, came with gifts, gold in abundance, precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Verse 2, which is my last verse 4, before I give you the opportunity. And Solomon, for some reason, told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. So by the grace of God, Solomon had enough wisdom to be able to answer the questions that she came with. My prayer is that when people bring such hard questions, nothing will be hidden from me or from those of us who can help. Amen. Are we together? Your your questions will show whether it's an exciting something to keep or going. So now I want to start the ball rolling. Who has the first question? Don't be shy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, quiet. Any question? I think Reverend Richard took his time to say a lot of different questions that can be asked. Yeah? Amen. Don't be shy. All right. So, Bishop, please, my question is. Sometimes when you go for outreach, you hear people saying that, oh, they won't come to church because in our church, we wear tra, we, why is that we wear? It's men's dress. So sometimes they don't feel like coming. So please, can you say something about that one to encourage us? I'm afraid I do not be a professional. <laughs> You're afraid whether it will be considered a, a foolish or hard question. Well, I think it's a very appropriate, expedient question. But I think you'll know the answer. Yeah, well, in, in Deuteronomy, um, those who are working with me, I think you should be fast because I can't go to the screen and then go and pick up the scripture and all that. So you should, it's in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, Paul was explaining, um, Moses was explaining that 
it is true. God says that men should not wear women's stuff, and then women should also not wear men's stuff. But the truth of the matter is that um, there's nothing called women's stuff or men's stuff when it comes to trousers. Because those days in the Jewish culture, what the women wore was long dress. Actually, the Jewish culture just looks like Islam. So the Muslims came to fight the Christians in Israel and overtook them. And they rather adopted a lot of the things that the Jews were actually practicing. So if you want to see a real Jew, you can even look at a Muslim and then rather he looks more like a Jew. I don't know if you understand. So in this context, when you see how the Muslim ladies dress, that's how the Jewish ladies dress. They cover their faces and all that. You see, and then the men also. They also dress in a different way that you can see that this is a Jewish man. Now, when you say in this current day as Christians, when we say, because you see, before you even became a Christian, you could be a Jew or it was first the Jews, Jesus was a Jew and then the Jews now were given the opportunity to be Christians and then they became Christians through Peter, James, John and all the others and then after that in Acts chapter I think 17 then Christians also came about from Gentiles who were non-Jews so the Gentiles were supposed to follow the Jews who had become Christians but the Jews who had become Christians were still Though they were believing in Christ In terms of what they were and all those things They were still following their Jewish tradition And the Gentiles who were not Jews Were also trying to follow their Gentiles tradition When I say Gentiles, non-Jew So if they used to wear short things They wear short things if they used to eat this, they want to eat that. So there came a time that there was confusion that, ah, we are all Christians, but we, the Jews, this is what we believe in. This is what, how we do our things. So people like Paul had to explain to the Jews and then to the um, Gentile Christians, I mean Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, that in Christ there is no circumcision or non-circumcision there's no division there's no separation there's no this that that so he explained all this to the roman church he explained this to the corinthian church so that was the basis of what he was saying so much that paul said that because we are under grace things like what you wear what you eat is not a matter to god i'm not answering direct i'm explaining so that you, we end there. So based on that, when it comes to what we wear, in terms of men should not wear trousers or whatever, we believe that it is more to do with the environment that you grow in. Like let's say if you grow in an environment where, um, let's say, some of these green Iceland. Iceland. You know Iceland, you know the temperature is always very cold. It is such that they always have to wear long things. Sometimes the nature of your work is said that you can't wear long skirts. You have to wear long trousers. Or long, um, what is it called? Eh? Stockings. You, you understand? So they wear long stuff. And that is to cover themselves in terms of cold. Now when you come to Africa, 
we to at the point became the issue of more of insects and all that so then it's it's okay for a lady to wear something that will be long that will cover herself so jesus is not really thinking about such things but we believe that if whatever it is because judgment will be based more on motive the motive must not be to want to prove a point or to try and then get people into sin but rather you have the right motive then go ahead so we as a church we are not against woman wearing trousers or man wearing whatever we don't see any difference in it interestingly in the world in the world trousers that are for women have different flap and then trousers that are for men have different flap even shirts shirts that are for women have different flap not because it is to differentiate in terms of whether it's bad or wrong or right, but just to let them know that there's something special about the dress. So, for example, women have breasts. So, to let you know that this is a woman type of shirt, then they have their flap going like this. But we, the men, we don't have breasts. So, our shirts are done flat. I don't know if you am I answering the question? So, when somebody who is not too deep in things quotes a scripture from the Old Testament and then says something like that. You as a lighthouse related Christian must explain to the person that yes, in those days that was what Moses said. But when it comes to such things, it is tradition that also backs it. But the tradition has over time changed over and over uh, to the New Testament time when now it is not an issue. And I can prove to you one of the all nights I'll prove more of not the dressing but even the eating. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. So I'm answering to also answer a lot of things. Can we go to NLT so that we can move faster with the English? Okay. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Uh-huh. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. This is Paul speaking. And it's and I can go into the closing, but we are not into that. I'm just trying to let you see when it comes on, people say clothes, when it can come to this, and then the food, different, different things. But Paul is explaining, and he took his time to explain more on food than the clothing. Yes? Next verse, let's move faster. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? They are responsible to the Lord, so let him judge whether they are right or wrong, and with the Lord's help, they will do what is right and will receive his approval. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, something one day is more holy than another. So he has moved from food to day. Sunday, Saturday. I, I hope you understand where we are coming from. So he said that in the same way, something one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. That's why today, even as a church, we believe that you can have service on Saturday. And it's our Sunday. And we don't condemn um, SDA. And they shouldn't condemn those who meet on Sunday. And we don't condemn those who meet on Friday. 
Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it in honor to Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. So now that's what Paul is trying to say that this whole thing about um, if you want to trouser, you want to do this, 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 even with all due respect to some names that I'll mention, like the Church of Pentecost, which is one of the mother churches in Ghana, some time ago had a problem with women should cover their hair. But as I'm talking now, they have changed that doctrine. So if we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's honor. So now, if you are living, if you are wearing dress, if you, you have to ask yourself that is it honoring the Lord? Wow. Yes. Okay. Wow. If it's, you think it's honoring the Lord, if you what? Why, why are you wearing something? <laughs> if you do this and somebody, so everybody's okay, then wait. <laughs> By your mind, you know that you want somebody to see your bombs. So you can be wearing a long dress, but your mind is not correct. And somebody will be wearing a nice trouser, but his mind is not even there. And God who sees the heart, that's the hypocrisy of the church. That I don't know why some people are wearing men's You who are wearing skirt, what you are using your skirt to do? And somebody who is wearing trouser, who is very decent, wearing trouser, but is wearing something long on it. So he said that if we live, it's, honor, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Let's move on faster. Verse 9. And he says that Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Paul is speaking. Someone who has been given authority to explain things to the church. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So when we stand before God, God will say, Why didn't you wear jeans? Because in this situation, when you're going out, the weather was cold, your children, that's why some of the churches, that have even had some wrong doctrine, they don't give blood, they don't do all those things. God wants to say, What is wrong with you? What, what, what is wrong with you? Who are you trying to impress? So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So if somebody brings this to other issue, explain this to him and get here. And then I know and I'm convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food, this is Paul speaking with authority now. I know and I'm convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And he's talking about food, he's talking about day, he's talking about you can extrapolate to other things. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. So if you find yourself in a situation where somebody is not understanding how, why you should eat, then he's, he's also explaining this other side of it. Then you are not acting in love if you eat it. In other words, when we bring it to clothing, if you are staying with people who don't understand why 
clothing and you've not explained to them yet, then it is just better for you to wear a skirt till the person gets the revelation. So you also don't say, I don't care what you think. Uh-uh. Because you also have to think about what people are thinking. So Paul is explaining, if another believer, and he is talking about believer, not unbeliever. So unbeliever, who doesn't want to accept Jesus and using this thing to knock you out? Don't listen to him. But a believer who is not yes, at a level where he can understand some things. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat or what you clothe or what you wear, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Are we learning something? And then getting to the end, then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. Uh huh. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, I want to add, or what we eat, dress, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah, so I think that answers it. Another question? That means people don't have questions. I think we can stop them. Yeah, okay, Mr. Boom. Some of you have questions, but you don't want to ask. Please, Bishop, uh, for church to break out, or for church to, people stop coming to church, and uh, the, uh, the church finishing, uh, apart from familiarity and being busy with your job, and then uh, uh, what are the key things that make church break out? That, that make church finish. Church finish. Like finish as in people leave. Yes. Like it gets small, small, small. Yes. Okay. Ah, well? Thank you. Thank you. I think this is not a clear-cut question, but with my little exposure in the ministry, I'll try. I think one of it is the type of doctrine that is being taught. You see, so a doctrine can be okay, still scriptural base from the beginning of the church. But there comes a time that God may have moved on. But the leadership has not moved on. Let me give you a, a practical example. Let me use Pentecost again. A few years ago, just a few years ago, um, the Pentecost church had their youth start complaining that they don't want to cover their hair. You see, and gradually the youth were now moving to the charismatic churches until they had to set up and then at the higher level had some discussions and then gradually that doctrine was was refined you're welcome refined and then now that's what kept their use in the church so assuming Nothing had been done. Gradually, the Pentecost church would have lost a generation. I don't know if you understand. So I'm just relating it as that is an example of what I'm talking in terms of doctrine. Is it? And it can be any type of doctrine. Even in our church, this church lighthouse, you realize that Bishop Doug is very. Um, um, I don't know what the English to use, but his. He's always allowing the Lord to lead him. Like, 
you realize that in our church, this church, UD and First Love, one of the things that has kept young people is things like dancing stars and such things that he out of the blue introduced into the church. But maybe if such things were not introduced into our church, our young people may not really be too happy with this every time, word, 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 word. Are you understanding that? So, Bible says in Acts chapter 17 verse 28, and this scripture is very, very important to prove to the point that I'm making, and I'm going to go to other things. He said that, can we have speed, speed? <laughs> Acts 17, 28. Acts 17:28 You know Ah who is there Ishmael why you can't see For in him for in him will live and move and exist so he's talking about in God so in God when you come to Christ we live and move and exist. And I want to pick the part move. So in God we move. So if you are in Christ and every every time you are just the same thing, it could be that you have lost Christ. Because God is always moving with you. Or I expect you to move. So it could be the same doctrine that is correct. But today it's correct, but tomorrow it may be wrong. For you. And so that's why I'm using the Pentecostal, which I can use other churches like that. So you see some churches that are no more because the man of God started a ministry and said that it's a deliverance church. Maybe from the beginning it was a deliverance church, but going forward after 10 years, the Lord wanted him to move into healing. But he had labeled the church as deliverance and concentrated on deliverance, whereas God has moved on. So in God we move. That's why if truly is the Holy Spirit who is leading you, the Holy Spirit is like a wind. You cannot really predict what's next. So if the Holy Spirit is leading you, today he is doing this, but he will always not do something that is contrary to the scripture. So it's one of the reasons why churches finish. When doctrines are not in tandem with what God is doing. Okay? Number two, sin. And here, sin stands for anything. It could be the sin of immorality. It could be the sin of pride. It could be the sin of deviation. It could be the sin of prosperity. Like the church in Jerusalem, the first church, was gradually about finishing because they have gotten to a point where they have become prosperous, but they were not going out to reach out for souls. And their sin was not immorality, but their sin was happiness with their prosperity. So, so those are some of the things that can lead to church finishing. And in the second one is, are things like not going out to preach. Because if you don't go out to preach, like Prophet has written a book, if the church does not send, it will end. If you don't go out to preach, if you are not in flow with the Holy Spirit, gradually the Holy Spirit now withdraws and then the church finishes. All that is under the umbrella of sin. So I would say that when the doctrine is not in tandem with what the Holy Spirit is doing, and then number two, sin, which is a major subject.
can cause churches to finish. Yep. Another question? Please ask. Please ask. Let it be exciting. Yeah. Thank you, Bishop. So, Bishop, I want to ask, um, how do you hear the voice of the um, Spirit talking to you? So, how do you differentiate the voice of the um, Spirit from other voices? Well, that's a very broad question. Very, very broad. But I'll try. You know, in 1 Corinthians 14.10, Bible says that there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, King James, and none of them is without King James, without signification. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. So there, there are so many kinds of voices, and none of them is without, or none of them is less significant. They are all important. When you read Prophet's book on art of hearing, he describes about 14 voices. So the voice of your spouse is a voice. Even the voice of your flesh. Your flesh has a voice. <laughs> which we all listen to our voice. The flesh, our flesh's voice. The voice of your soul. You see, the voice of your pastor. Which is supposed to be a good voice. But sometimes it can also be a bad voice in the time. You see, and the voice of your parents. And different voices. Now the question is, how do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? I want to make this clear. In Prophet's book, he explains, and other books, it explains that the voice of the Holy Spirit is not only to your spirit. The Holy Spirit can speak to your spirit, which is more of what we say knowing. Like me, he speaks more to my spirit. So, I'll be there and then I just know something. <laughs> which, if we all want to, that's how he usually will fundamentally speak to you. You know things. So inner knowing. And then there are levels in that. So that one is one. Now the Holy Spirit can also speak to you audibly. So there are times that you can hear audibly. Like prophet says that he was praying, he went to sleep and then when he heard from today you can teach. That is audibly. You see, the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us once a while, audibly, depending on what he's trying to say. So, if it comes to the audibly, I'm sure it wouldn't be too difficult to know that this is the Holy Spirit, especially if it is not contrary to the word of God. Are we together? But if it is more of the ones that are inside, that is where you are not too sure whether it is the Holy Spirit it is your mind, you know, and all that. So that one, the best way to know is, if you are not too sure, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you again. He said in a month or two or three witnesses, an issue is established. So if you hear it twice, thrice. So like Pharaoh, the book of Nisa, all those people, through dreams, the Holy Spirit, or God through the Holy Spirit was speaking to them, but they had to hear or see it twice or thrice to be sure that that was it. Are we together? So now, if the, the Holy Spirit speaks to you by experience, if you allow yourself, you realize that, ah, the Holy Spirit, what he's telling me is, is giving me peace within. I have peace about it. There's a very nice scripture in Philippians 4. 
He said that be anxious for nothing, verse 6. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Then verse 7. And the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God is actually talking about the Holy Spirit playing the role as a referee. The umpire. The peace of God. He said that which passes all understanding. So that peace of God, the Holy Spirit who is speaking to you as a referee, would pass all understanding. When the Holy Spirit is telling you something that you don't fully understand, or when something is occurring to you that you fully don't understand, it's possible it's the Holy Spirit. But now he said that it will come with this feeling of peace. When, when, let's say you know that ah, you're about to go to work and then something tells you don't go. But when that, you feel that, you feel something. But, there's some calmness about it. But don't go. Then it is possible that the Holy Spirit. And usually the Holy Spirit would want you to allow yourself to be trained by that. Small, 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 small. If you believe it, and you see it, ah, this was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. Then he begins to take you deeper. A prophet usually is somebody who has been obeying these things and then he has become experienced in it. Like me. I, what we call operating the prophetic is obeying such knowings. The little, little knowings. Like, I remember 1993, he, he told me, I was praying, he told me that he wants to start exposing me to that. So, Sometimes what he'll do is that he'll let you do things that doesn't make sense. So for example, I am about to eat kenke, two balls. And I have a feeling that I have something inside me that eat one. Yes. Yeah, I mean two balls with nice fish, all that. It's not like I can't eat, I can't eat. But I have this sense. Then I tell myself, Holy Spirit is in you. And I still have this piece about it. Yes. So I eat one ball. And then when I eat one ball, I realize that I am happy. Then, I have passed that test. Then, the next time, maybe I'm just going and then I see somebody and the Holy Spirit, they take 10 series and give to this person. I say, 10 series. But I have only 15. They said, give 10. So I give my intent and I give it. And when I give it, there's calmness and peace within me. And then the next moment I have a breakthrough. So I realize that, ah, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks. Then if you want me to get it well, then I meet somebody and say, give 20 Ghana to this person. Then I obey it and I give 20. And I have peace. And I realize that it brings 200 Ghana. So then I have realized that, ah, when I hear this thing, it's the Holy Spirit. So that's how it's training you. So some of you, when the Holy Spirit wants to train you by that, you have been fighting it. So he leaves you to just be yourself. That's why we say sometimes, even your conscience has been seared. I don't know if I'm answering you. So some people too, they are good in obeying aspects and not obeying aspects. So that you are limited in his leading you. 
But those who obey in all aspects, they seem to be having control in every aspect. So the Holy Spirit can say this, and then you did this, like me. I can just be there, and then, like today, I've just a lot of things that I, I wish I could go into it. I just uh, says this. Oh, okay, that. Okay, this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Have I answered? So another question I think you can clap for The brother The question Yeah Question Don't be shy Any questions allowed I wish other Hello. people Everybody will ask one Yeah um, Bishop please I'd like to know I yes. think going for it When you mention your name So that would Yeah <laughs> I'd like to know, let's say, if we are having camp meetings and programs at church, and genuinely, because of work, I can't go, am I being disloyal to the house? Good question. Very, very practical. Ah, well, the, the issue about disloyal, which we need to explain, disloyal has almost become like bad person. But it's not bad. It's not bad as in, oh, you're bad. But it means that you are not compliant. It means that you have not shown honor. It means that you have not proven faithful. In other words, it's like when we were expecting you to be there, you were not there. If we are expecting you to be there, that means that as per what we know, you can be there. Oh, I don't understand. Do you understand? If we are expecting you to be there, it means that if we are expecting this column to be there, it means that per what the contractors know, this column can be there or must be there. But if it is a weak, the concrete is weak, whatever is weak, then we don't expect it to be there. So what it is is that if you have made your pastor know that this is your circumstance you are in, and your pastor is real enough to understand your circumstance, I don't think your pastor will see you as disloyal. But a situation where you have not made your pastor aware or your life is in seclusion, oblivion, hidden, we can't see, hear, feel you. And then you say, I can't come. And we don't know why you can't come. Then we can brand you as disloyal. Have, you, have I tried to answer? Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's worth clapping for the questions. Yeah. So, so such people, they just have to, like let's say, even if the pastor has not, it's because someone will say that, oh, well, the pastor should also come to me. Okay, pastor is wrong. I you to come to the pastor. And I say, Pastor, you know, this is my situation. Um, currently, my boss is out of the country. And I'm the one immediately acting as whatever. Because of that, I really wish I could be there, but I can't come. A genuine pastor would give you a good counsel. And I say, oh, so, okay, we'll keep you updated. This, that, 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 that. The second time, assuming a similar thing happens, and then you, you explain, and it's understood. Well, the third time, if it happens again, it's, 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 
But I'm sure by the third time, it will not happen again. If it happens like that, that means that you know something about it. Yeah, so let's not use disloyalty as so blunt. But I believe that most of us are disloyal because our lives are hidden. Uh-huh. So a lot of things that you are genuinely passing through is unknown. So then you are seen as that. And truly yours, you begin to feel guilty. Because sometimes you, everybody seems to have gone or complied, but you have not been able to without they knowing why you didn't. And whatever. I hope you understand. Okay, so next question. Questions? I think the singing stars, the UFS singing stars, UF, UF singing stars, and then RM singing stars. So please don't call them RMC again. Okay? So RM singing stars, and then UF singing stars. So RM singing stars have just sung. And then UFS will come in at the point. Question? Mm-hmm. I wish people would just ask one more one. Reverend Richard wants to ask more questions. <laughs> if you don't ask, he will ask. Yes, Kofi. Um, Bishop, please. Your name? A, please, I'm Kofi Ado. Um, at the crusade, you touched on how judgment in heaven will be like. Um, your sins compared with the good things you've done. If your sins are more... I didn't really get that concept. Okay. I would love it if you could touch on it again. <laughs> okay. 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 That is that is powerful. Let's try. Okay, so let's try. I'll try and give maybe two scriptures just to. So let's try Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten. Okay, I'll try three scriptures. Second Corinthians five ten. It says that for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Right? Then let's try Revelations chapter 20 from verse 11 to 14 quickly. Revelations. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So here, at this point, we are assuming that both, he said the dead, so both Christians and non-Christians. Are we together? Yeah? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they will judge every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So books have been opened. People were judged by what was written in their books or in the books. Good or bad. Now 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's start from verse some verse 8, 9, 10, 11. Verse 8. That's my last scripture. It's to see whether we can have some revelation. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Are we together? According to his own labor. Verse 9. 
For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. So I'm looking at this same thing, but in another scenario, in terms of those who are doing something in the house of God. Okay, so now look at it. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now he continues, verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation, so let's say you are a Christian, the foundation is Christ. So the moment you became a Christian, what you are doing as a Christian is building on the foundation Christ. From the previous scripture, the one whose name is in the book of life is the one who is going to be with the Lord. The one whose name is not in the book of life is the one who is going to be with where Satan is going. Do, do we agree on that? I can't feel it. Do you agree on that? Yes. I, we have established that. Now, Kovin said during the crusade, I was explaining how when we get to heaven, and he's talking more about Christians, your, the level of sin that you committed, and then your works will be looked at. And then if your good works, your good works were more than your sin, that is what to determine whether you have some crowns or whatever. That's what I said. And I'm proving to you. So here we are looking at not those who are Christians and non-Christians. We are looking at Christians. Because Christian and non-Christian, the basis is your name is in the book of life. Your name is not in the book of life. If your name is not in the book of life, you are not going to heaven. Straight. Now for those of us who are in Christ, our name is in the book of life. Now I want to show the differences. And I'm showing it to you. He said, now if any man build upon this foundation... So we are all Christians. We are building on our Christian faith. Now, foundation, gold. And we all know that gold is expensive than the next other material. Silver. Precious stones. He was giving us in terms of the levels of quality from higher to lower. Wood. Hay. Stubble. So what you are building, how you are building on Christ... Is according to according to God in levels of materials. The level of materials shows the quality. The your level of righteousness in building what God has called you is showing the value, the quality. If sin is in you, it reduces the quality. So he's explaining. Every man's work shall be made manifest. And when I say sin, don't only think about fornication and those things. Sin is anything that is contrary the will of God. In, yes, contrary the will of God. And it's in the Bible, First John. So anything contrary the will of God. So you can even be doing something, but the motive is wrong. But nobody knows. That alone reduces the value. <laughs> That's why heaven will be a shocker. Yes. Oh, yes. A shocker. You see, that's why 
don't be deceived that hey, he's a great man of God. He said sometimes what we, the one we are calling a great man of God, in the sight of God, is a failure. And the one who is like, oh, he has not accomplished anything, in the sight of God, he's precious. Because one may be doing something but with bad motive. And either will be doing something struggling but with good motive. That's why tomorrow, PTP, I want to talk about a subject B that has to do with something. I'm inviting you to PTP. Now let's, let's finish this one. Amen. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. The day shall declare it. The reason why he's okay, he's explaining. He says that because it shall be revealed by fire. So, if your what you did with your life is subject to fire, if it is gold, it will be purified and even become refined and more valuable. If it is not gold, he said, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So you may be you you may have sung. But as you are singing, you're just trying to prove a point to yourself. You still have a voice than you. <laughs> and people say, Wow. But, but when fire is, when that thing is subject to fire, it will. That's why, as you grow in the Lord, eh, you become you become humble because you realize that Charlie, you know that you have been faking a lot of things. Including preachers. A lot of preachers preach to impress. I'm telling you, that's why as they are as they are they are finishing, they start changing their doctrines. Oh God should have mercy. I'm telling you, go to YouTube and see many preachers who are repenting. People say, you want people to see that your voice. Oh male, you are proving to something that Actions. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved. Huh? COVID, do you see that one? So you will be saved. But for reward. Uh-uh. Yet so as by fire. So that's what I was saying. So the one that the fire has bent is gone. The one that fire couldn't burn is what to determine your reward. That's why you don't have to compare yourself with people. That's it. That's why you must fight to let God know you and you know God and you and yes. God, you and God are paddies. Me, 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 Chris, me and God, they are paddies. Oh, yes. There are some things that. I don't want to say some things. No. Yeah, I mean, it's like, whatever people think they should think, but me and God, 
You should get to that point where you and God, and you are convinced that what you are saying, you are correct. Yes. Uh-huh. You and God. And that's where God wants all of us to get to. You and God. Uncle Mike. Name. Good evening, Bishop. Your name. My name is Michael Ferezi Tony. Yes. I'm so blessed to be in church this evening. It's a blessing. Um, Bishop, I was a uh, little bit late, but uh, for the few time I have spent, I have heard a lot of fantastic questions, and uh, you have actually dealt with those questions. Um, but they are very critical questions to be realistic. And uh, in such time sections, we may hear them and we may not soak them in. So from my little experience, I wish that uh, we can address one or two what, of those kinds and delve with it. Or we have a, what, a platform that you can throw it and we study it and we come and also ask all that we can learn more. Because right now, we have learned about judgment, disloyal, how do you hear the voices from this, whether it's a spirit or speaking to you, uh, why the church decline and get smaller, and honoring of the law, and eating of food, dressings. These are critical things that Christians like me, like others, we really need to answer. Some of us, yes, we, we have knowledge, but some we are still, you know, shaking there. And even we all need to learn more because to protect our faith. So this is a fantastic section. But we still need to address it deeper. And how can we address it deeper? Is by throwing those question topics. Okay, let's learn on those topics. And let's come and ask as much. So we stress on one or two um, areas. And then we emphasize on it. Now, before we leave from here, we are all soaked with those areas. That's my own little idea. I agree. And may the good Lord be blessed. Thank you. I agree. To, to support what Uncle Micah said, you know, when you study someone like Apostle Paul, whilst he was in his missionary journeys, he would go and then spend sometimes years. And what would he do? He would just teach and ask the people to ask questions. And that's how the churches were being built. So honestly, we are in these last days having, I think, a lot of Christians who have questions but they don't have answers. And they don't know when to, when to ask. They don't have a forum to ask. Because they don't even get to meet their pastors to talk to them. So I feel that God is leading us so that we can be deep Christians. So, like I said, I agree fully. We'll be giving um, topics and then we'll all go in and then when we come, we know that today we want to talk about this. And then we can be. So that's well taken note of. Reverend Lot. One, one question. Hello. I think um, the UFSS should be getting ready. A short song before we finish. Yeah. Bishop, I have three questions, but I'll ask one for now. Thank you. Yes, I'm. As the best of the three. <laughs> so it has to do with marriage. Okay. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> as a Christian, as a born again Christian, are you destined to marry only one person? In terms of when you look, when you come to Romans chapter 12, it talks about the acceptable, the good, and the perfect will of God. So I'm asking this question in terms of marriage. Okay. That maybe you've not found the person God wants you to marry. Maybe that's why you are not married. Okay. So that's that's my question. Okay. I think on this note, let's invite the UFSS to <laughs> prepare the atmosphere. Is it is it okay to clap for them and clap for the sessions? Or your clapping can be encouraging. This service is called Q&A. Q&A service. So let's welcome Hallelujah. them again. Mama? Please, if you know you are supposed to be here, come. Don't let me mention you. You like that. Alberta Jokobel. <laughs> yeah, MSOKU. Oh, yeah, Christ, I just, I don't have to be around for rehearsals on Saturday. Please come to stage. Don't, I'll come. Please, we are waiting for you. You know the song. Oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. Amen. Of us. It's a mess of us. 
Please clap for them once again. As a church, let's learn to appreciate our own. Amen. Alright. So, let me go straight to Reverend Lord's question. Reverend Lord is asking if there's anything like one man with a specific woman. I hope I've paraphrased. Yeah, And I, I would say I don't think so. Number one, I think I'll give you three or four scriptures. I'm starting from the general and then I come to the context we are looking at. Number one, Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8, and it's talking about the way God sees things and the way God thinks. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, say the Lord. So that's, we should agree. 
that as human as we are, we usually would have our own thoughts without sometimes even knowing that this is your thought. And so God had to explain how his thoughts look like compared to our thoughts. So he looks at verse 9 and he says that verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so when you look at the heavens, even the bottom part of the heavens, that's the atmosphere, eh, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So if your thought is like this, God's thoughts is as high as the heaven and the earth difference. So it shows that it's possible human thoughts are usually low and wrong. <laughs> I'm establishing that first. Okay. Then now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22. Then we come to Genesis. So Proverbs 18 22. Bible says that Whoso findeth a wife, not the wife, a or a, a wife, if you are an English student, a wife means that there are options. Oh? If you don't agree, I can't continue. I mean, we are just reading English. Unless you didn't go to school. But we all went to class two. At least class three. Some of you have even done your masters. So we are saying that Bible says that whoso findeth a wife. I'm sure if you want to say whoso findeth his wife. Then that means that there's a wife that is for you that you have to look for. But whoso findeth a wife. So there are potential wives. And here most people, I'm just deviating a little. Most people marry when their women are not wives. But he didn't say, whoso findeth a woman. But whoso findeth, so that before you marry somebody, the person should be a wife. Okay. Uh, that's another question. How would you know? It's another question. But whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing and obtains it. So that is my second premise. And then now, it must be God involved. So the Bible says that, like we all know in Genesis chapter 2, and God made man, put man to sleep. He put man to sleep. So you must allow yourself to be put to sleep. I think Genesis chapter 2, from verse 7 there about. 2, 2. Uh-huh, verse and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Fifteen. Fifteen. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now sixteen. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. So I'm showing you, I'm trying to answer wife by answering husband. So before a wife comes in, or before you even have the ability to see a wife, you should be a man who has been given this. Okay. So most men are not this. That's why they can't even see the wife. So, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "Of every tree of the garden, go, go, uh-huh, of, the, of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." What was 15? 15, 15, 15. 
And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden and of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So what has God given you to do? Because most of you are not doing what God has given you to do as a man. Am I confusing you? <laughs> what are you God doing? No, what are you doing? Most of people are doing things that are not God giving. That does not even require a woman to be involved. No, you see, over time, Satan has deceived the world so much that it's like, Obia, I feel some of you, some of you, by virtue of what God has made you, there's no need for a woman. There is no need. That's even why some people marry and I think they don't have children, because there's no need for children. So, that was just by the way, and then let's go to 18. Okay, so now 18. I'm trying to come to in relation to what Kofi was asking. So, how do you know the why? But I'm answering very lot. Okay, so and the Lord God said, It is not good that this man that I've given an assignment and I give you the location of the assignment to be alone, I will make him, I will make him. Somebody that can be suitable. So a wife should be of women in the world having some qualities of which one of them or one of them must be suitable for what God has called you to do. So he that findeth the wife, he God is expecting you to know what is your calling. And then your calling should determine how to look for a wife. Don't look at buttocks. Don't look at breasts. Don't look at color. Don't look at beauty. Don't look at gifting. Don't look at just that. Look at what God has called you to do. So he that God is looking at a wife is somebody who is suitable for you. As a help, as a help meet means that a help who is suitable. That's why many people are married and they are not happy. Because they didn't know all this and they didn't take their time to marry who, whatever. I will make him and help meet or suitable for him. Because So it means that you can be around and there's a woman you should be happy. That's why Jesus even came to prove actually I can, you can be around and you not trump and you it will work. Paul also proved uh, to prove the point that two is making it powerful. Like we can be around without a woman and it's hard powerful. And we finish and we go. John the Baptist also was around, no married, and we finish and we went. So why do you want to marry? Bra. Bra bra. So I'm trying to answer. Now let's go. Uh-huh. So now God says that this particular man needs somebody. So that what I've given him, he can be able to share with him, talk with him, let him be happy and all those things. So the next verse, next verse. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast. Ah, and then 22. 
And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. So let's go to 21 and see where he said he made him to sleep. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep, which is an encounter. So for you to find, you need an encounter with God. So many people don't find who they have to. They are just, they are active and they find. But you should be inactive to find. Your flesh must be inactive. You must be physically asleep for your spirit to pick up what God is doing. <laughs> That's part two. <laughs> yeah, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Brother Adam. And he slept. And he didn't know what was going on. And God did an operation, took one of his ribs. He was just establishing a principle of one is to one. But as to who, King Solomon the wisest was given the privilege to explain to us that he that findeth a wife, not a woman, took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. That is where some people have formed the doctrine. That there is somebody who is have one of your rib. <laughs> if somebody has your rib and that person dies, then it means that you don't have to marry again. But Jesus wouldn't say that if somebody commits adultery, your husband or wife comes under adultery, that's the basis for you to marry um, divorce. If you divorce, don't marry again. And to one of you is dead. That means that when the one is dead, you can marry. So where is the rib? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, and brought her, and God brought her unto the man. So, uh, verse 23. Now, Adam said, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. This is now bone of my bone. So, he had a revelation. But he didn't know what had happened. So you must have a revelation of who is your wife. Wow. <laughs> and this is flesh of my flesh. That means something must look alike. That means that there must be some feelings that are common. There are some things that must be common. There are some flesh desires that must be common. You like this, I like this. You do this, I do this. <laughs> That's why I say that from that basis, I believe that you usually should marry somebody who looks like you. If you grew up in a, a, an environment of compound house, your flesh is a type of flesh. It is better to marry somebody who has that similar flesh, flesh of my flesh. But you marry somebody who has been brought up with daddy and mommy, with them two children in a nice home, with baby and them. You you grew up with daddy and mommy and children, all of you in one room, in a compound house, different environment. Your flesh is different from its flesh. Ah, 
She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So women must know that they are taken out of man. In other words, taken out means that you must be connected out. You are an offspring. And then he says that therefore shall a man hmm, who is married or to be married leave his father, mother shall cleave which is the same as leave but with C and the C is believed to be communication to communicate leave leave and cleave unto his wife not the woman and they shall be agreeable one flesh so what I like is what you like what flesh? My money is your money. My money is your money. Yeah, my house is your house. My house is your house. Our car is our car. My wallet is your wallet. My wallet is your wallet. Your wallet is your wallet. My mumu pee is your mumu pee. But most marriages, <laughs> you don't know my mumu. I don't know why you should know my mumu. So to answer you, I don't think Paul sometimes said that according to scripture this, and he also sometimes said that, I think So this answer, I think No, I want to give everybody one one opportunity No, those who want to go two (laughs) Because people have been requesting for two You can't vote twice, but you know do you know that? So sit down. No, so sit down. <laughs> you, sit down. <laughs> you want to vote twice. <laughs> okay, since people are not talking, let me allow these two people to finish. Okay, Uncle Lima. Okay, I'll ask you, Uncle Mike. Yeah, sit down. Uh, Bishop. But you know, time is up. Yes. 8.54. Reading, I want to keep the time. Uh, reading Regina's book, uh, the final question. Yes. There, were, there was a time uh, Regina had a chance to interact with some people in heaven. Yes. Especially great men of God. And then they spoke about God practically taking their life so that they, they, will, they will make it to heaven. Yes. Because they mentioned some of their weaknesses, some of their faults. On yes. Earth. Um, and then reading our last scripture. First Corinthians chapter uh, 3 verse 15 yes. which you mentioned um, said um, if any man's works shall be uh, if any man's works shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yes so as by fire yes. does it confirm that one saved always saved no that's what I wanted to know yes no Bible says in Matthew 10.22 Revelation 3.25 Let's look at it 1.15 Revelation 3.5 Matthew 10.22 And they shall endure to the end The last part Shall be saved So salvation Is a process Though it's, There's a salvation of an instantaneous Salvation of your spirit But Your soul and body may not be in line with your spirit and gradually will push your spirit out. 
Let me give you a scenario. Hebrews chapter 6, I think verse 8. A scenario. Let's go. Uh huh. Down, down. 6, 5. Hebrews 6, 5. But God is not unrighteous to forget your work and have tasted the good word of God. And the, let's start from verse 1 so that people understand the environment or the context. Therefore, leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. I have verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment, this should be normal Christian. So, our next discussions, I'll be picking some of these things and we'll go into it. So, what he's saying is that if you're a Christian and you don't know this, there's a problem. That's what, let's read from verse 1, please. So, I'm explaining to you, once saved, not forever saved. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, huh, on to perfection. Then, call, semicolon. So, he's explaining the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, which is something you should know, which most of us don't know, and of faith toward God, which is something we should know. Uh huh. Of the doctrine of baptisms, not baptism, they are baptisms, not only Holy Ghost and water. So you should know the doctrine of baptisms. You should know laying on of hands. We can pick one of them and go into it. And then, and of resurrection of the dead, you should know it as a normal Christian. And of eternal judgment. Then he goes on, verse 3, and he says that, and this will we do if God permits. Next verse, verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened uh-huh, and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. So here he's talking about someone who is saved and has even gone to the point where he's a partaker of the Holy Ghost. So you have, you have even gone deeper and have tasted the good word of God, the preachings, sometimes Bible discussions like we are doing and has even tasted one of the PTPs I'll share, the powers of the world to come. The powers of the world to come. Uh-huh. You tasted all that. He's showing you someone who has even gone higher. And if such a person, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing in their falling away, they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him, Jesus, to an open shame. Uh-huh. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh often upon it and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. Verse 8. But that which beareth not or beareth thorns and briars is rejected. He's talking about salvation and he's using something to explain. It's rejected and it's nigh unto cursing whose end is to be bent. So if you are a Christian and your life is not producing what is relevant to the one who is 
brought you out, then you will be bent. That's what he's saying. So you may have tasted of even the highest of God's glory, but you can come down, come backslide and become nothing. At that point, next verse. My beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany are is though we thus speak. Uh-huh. Next verse. Next verse. That's too slow for me. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence, the full assurance of hope unto the end. So what it says is that when you don't value your salvation, and you don't grow in it, which is what I'm trying to let us do. You can be a Christian, but you are falling. And you get to a point where you don't even know that your name has been removed. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, he says of the church, in Revelation 3, 5, look at it. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. So, what to make you, your name still be in the book of life is when you have overcome all. Your name will not be blotted out. That means that when you don't overcome, your name will be blotted out. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So, once saved, not forever saved. But Paul was not even thinking about the fact that you would lose your salvation. He was talking about assuming you have kept on to the end. Are we together? Is it okay to clap for that question? So, those who want to do, go twice. It's not fair, but I wanted us to close by nine. Yes. Uh, Bishop, so, ask all the questions together. Uh, Bishop, please, when you take Ephesians 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, you say that children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And now your father and your mother and your days will be long. And then this comes to my question. Your parents, both parents, and maybe you see that your father is not treating your mother well. Maybe the way when you go, your mother will tell you things that your dad has been doing and all that. As a child, is it right to support your dad? Or like, so now you see that turning from your mom because of the way she has been treating your dad. Is it right? Okay. That's a good question. Uncle Mike. Some of the questions will push it to the next session. <laughs> we should thank you for the opportunity again. Um, I'm just trying to make emphasis from um, Reverend Lott's his statement on marriage. And uh, there's a lot of uh, deceptions and um, they have used a lot of scriptures using words, uh, let's say, uh, points and evidence with the issue of Father Abraham. He was married and he went to Hagar. And uh, Jacob's, he has uh, wives. You know, he has... uh, Richard, Leah, and then he went to the concubines or whatever. 
and Solomon have 700 with 300 concubines. And based on census in Ghana, um, girls to boys, the ratios of girls to boys is higher. Now, I'm just making this point so that we can clarify it. And the, there's a scripture in Exodus chapter 10 verse 11, if they can just clarify that on the script. Exodus 10, 11? Yes, 10. Exodus 21, verse 10 to 11. Yeah. Okay. It says, If he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage, shall he not diminish? 11. And if he do not these three unto her, then she should go out free with her money. Can you can you do it in NLT? Yeah. Okay. 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 NLT. If a man who has married a slave wife takes another wife for himself, he must not neglect the right of the first wife to food, clothing, and sexual intimacy. Verse eleven. If he fails in any of these three obligations, she may live as a free woman without making any payment. So, um, people are using these scriptures and making a lot of points, using Father Abraham's his actions, using um, Jacob's action, and the king of all kings, Solomon. And uh, the ratios of like as I speak right now, like some Arab nations, they are trying to tell men if you get more wives, they give you more cash. So we need to, and two, um, sometimes to our wife also pinches us. Well, especially when you are a crufe crufe type. When you're making move and they are blocking you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, <laughs> Bishop, uh, you see, uh, Jacob cases or, or Abraham or let's say um, Solomon case, if you block him, no, he jump. Uh, he doesn't care. He move on. But we as Christians, we believe and we have the faith that no, we should dine and dwell with one wife. And we have been so much submissive to that calling. It's not easy at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Richard, are you going through the same thing? on this. So they are using emphasis. Yeah. So is Father Abraham going to go to Israel? And, and, and the Bible says that when, the, when Lazarus died, uh, he went to what? A bosom of what? Abraham. So I mean, Abraham didn't go to hell. So there is, <laughs> they have a point. They have a strong point. And strong, you see, that's why I said the thing is moving from sugar to honey milk mix. 
because their points are very deep and that we we really need to delve into it very well. So, Bishop, please. It's not like I don't have answers to this. But if if we don't keep to our time, an evil I've seen before will come again. Yeah, so I want us to keep to it. It's nice questions. And we'll address it. And then your question to address it. So, if I start going to it, you enjoy it, you ask related questions. Uh-huh, so, we'll go into it. It's a very, very important question. Very, very important. And we'll definitely go into it. And it's an area we would go into it. Uh-huh, and then this one too, we'll go into it. So, on that note, because of time, we just have to, we are not out of questions and we are not out of answers, but we are out of time. So let's clap our hands for Jesus. And I think what I will say is that if we can come early, then we'll be able to have more time to ask a lot of questions. Yeah, so... Agamai's question is very interesting. I mean, there are a lot of school of thoughts, but I'll come from scripture. And then I'm sure we'll be blessed. Please stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, our teacher, who has been here, bringing us into all truth. We ask, O oh God, that you continue to help us to study the word of God and have a desire to have answers to the many questions that we ask. Some the Holy Spirit will teach us and some the Holy Spirit through human teachers will teach us. I pray that even that which we have shared today would establish us and make us better students of the word. Grant us grace to grow deeper May we even move higher than the early doctrines, the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith. I pray for everyone that was able to come, bless them, and have put in their hearts a strong desire to make it to heaven. For those who could not make it, for whatever reason, we pray that the next time we are gathering here, they also be here. We give you all the praise. I even pray for those who are here but were not confident enough to ask their questions. We ask that you give them another chance that the next time we come, they will even be the first and the second to ask their questions. We give you all the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people, please say Amen. Amen. Is it okay to clap for the Holy Spirit? I believe you've been blessed for listening to this powerful message. For prayers and counseling, contact the following numbers 0273 240 449. 0540 77 49 41. Stay blessed.